Hi, welcome to Senior Beat. I'm Laura Hunt from the Madison Senior Center, and Christine Beatty is here as my co-producer today. Christine, welcome. Welcome. Yes, this is a great show. We're going to be I'm talking about a pretty serious topic, though, today. Um, we're talking about domestic abuse, especially among uh, older adults. That is and really, that's scary. That is really a scary topic. Yeah, but we have some experts with us, and I'm happy to introduce Sherry Gray Dorn, who is the Dane County Adult Protective Services Coordinator. And Amelia Levitt from the Madison Police Department. And get this, this is her title. We were <laughs> laughing about this earlier. South District Neighborhood Resource Officer. NRO for short. <laughs> NRO for short. Well, we welcome both of you and thank you for being here to talk about what we think is a really important topic. D domestic abuse uh, certainly is a part of this Me Too movement has really been getting a lot of national attention. Um, but it's not so much attention on older adults. And Sherry, would you help us understand what the scope of this problem is? Sure. So research suggests that one in every 10 individuals, um, older individuals, are uh, have been um, victimized by some sort of abuse. Wow. Um, and that um, one in 23 cases are still unreported. And also with 10,000 baby boomers turning 65 every day, the scope is just going to get larger and larger. They're stating within two decades it will increase by 78%. Wow. wow. That, is, uh, that is a little frightening. And that idea that if you are looking at that statistic, that means that for every one person who reports or an older person reporting on elder abuse, 13 others don't report. Correct. Is that right? That's right. Wow. So we have to do something about that yes, in terms do. of um, helping people be more aware of it as an Definitely. issue. And um, how many cases do you have to deal with uh, in a given period? In 2017, Dane County um, Elder Abuse Social Workers dealt with 460 cases that we investigated. Wow. Of those, 60% um, had to do with um, some type of abuse, so emotional, um, physical, sexual, or financial exploitation. And of those, 80% we substantiated. We, the initial allegations stated that, that the concerns did exist. Wow. Okay, well, we're going to talk a little bit more with Amelia about, you know, what is domestic abuse? And um, you had offered to talk with us a little bit about just the legal definitions or help us understand that a little bit better? Yes, with state statutes. I'll try to make it not too boring for you. Okay, thank you. <laughs> um, so legally, a domestic relationship is defined as people that live together or have lived together, are married or were married or have a child in common. So that can encompass roommates, like college roommates. Mm -hmm. It can encompass um, mother-son relationships as well as your typical kind of intimate partner relationship. So we break down um, domestic into all of that and then intimate partner violence, which we say is someone that you're in uh, an intimate relationship with. Mm -hmm. um, and then statutorily, uh, we are a mandatory arrest state, which means that if we develop probable cause for a crime, which means um, we get information that a crime was probably committed and this person did it, we have to arrest. The state statute says shall, which isn't a maybe if you feel like it. It's a you must arrest. Um, and so that's something I like to give everyone education about because if we come to a situation and there's a domestic relationship like I just talked about, there's probable cause. We have to make that arrest or we actually could be charged criminally as officers. But doesn't, um, but doesn't that 
Yeah. Deter from people reporting it once they understand that? It does sometimes, and it's one of those situations where I don't know what's best for a victim, right, or for someone in that situation. They know what's best. They're in that relationship. We a lot of times say relationships are behind closed doors are different. Mm -hmm. So you know what's safest for yourself. And so I like to give people all the information so that they have the information, they know what's there and available. The other thing we do, too, is that when we make a domestic violence arrest, we follow up and we do um, resources. And so we'll a lot of times send people to, you know, the elder abuse social workers or to days domestic abuse intervention services to try to do some things to help with some of the problems that might come. I think the only... Um thing I can think about in terms of the immediate arrest is getting two people apart. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I mean, I've, I think that that would be a, a great help. A lot um, of times it is. And sometimes people get upset at us because they don't understand and they just want the situation resolved. The other thing to know, too, is that if it's a misdemeanor crime, it's not a felony crime misdemeanor, um, the person can bail out. So a lot of times if someone gets arrested for domestic violence, disorderly conduct, the person gets booked into the jail, and as long as they have $150, they can bail out. And so they could be out within an hour. Okay. And we like to talk to people about that, too. Yeah, to let them know. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, because I, I, would, I would be concerned about somebody, um, retribution or revenge yep. right. or th that Absolutely. kind of right. uh, response. Yeah. Yeah. Well, every time that we have a domestic arrest, we do a 72-hour no-contact order as well, which is optional oh. for the victim. So they can either choose to enforce or to waive it, um, but that protection is always there. So that way, if they choose to enforce it, the person comes back and contacts them even through friends, through Facebook, through email, anything like that, they can be arrested then for uh -huh. the 72-hour no-contact violation. That's good information. And the idea that you could even, because the, the um, contact through the Internet. Yes, right. yes. things you don't think about a lot right. of yeah. times, right? Don't Texting. Think about that. Interesting. Yep. Yep. Well, you had mentioned, Sherry, uh, Sherry earlier, the um, different types. Can we talk a little bit more about, you know, yeah. those types? And maybe you could give us an example of some that you've worked with. Definitely. So there's yeah. physical abuse, emotional abuse, sexual abuse, and financial exploitation. And cases, unfortunately, unfortunately, are not all crystal clear. There'll be a little bit of, of everything, of everything in there. and there are little bits of pieces. Um, financial exploitation is definitely on the rise. Um, and I would say that's that and self-neglect are the two most um, common indicators that we're um, investigating, two most common situations. Um, a common scenario, and I'm sure, Amelia, you see this as well, um, for financial exploitation is a younger individual in the family, such as a grandchild, a grandson, granddaughter, who may be living with their grandparent or just visiting and taking the credit cards, debit cards, and really running up the bills and financially exploiting them. And the concern from the elder, you know, not to report it because they still want to see their 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 loved one. They want their loved one to get help. And, you know, the, the grandchild is doing this for, you know, an opioid addiction, things like that, that is very difficult for them to get in control of. Um, and there's also concerns about, you know, they don't want their loved one on the streets. They don't want them to be homeless. They don't want to, you know, them right. to be without housing. Mm -hmm. um, so it's, it's a very emotional um, situation right occurs. right um, <clears throat> so of those four types that you mentioned those are codified in Wisconsin statutes yeah, Wisconsin, identified that yeah, way under Wisconsin statute 4690 okay and um, when you talk about which one of those is the one you see most often 
of those um, financial exploitation okay. is definitely on the rise, um, not only through the county, through, throughout the state and throughout the nation. nation. It's just, it's just so much easier. It's so easy to get someone's um, right. information, and there's so many scams going on um, that, you know. We do a lot with scam alerts yeah. and At try to yeah. Yeah, yeah. work with our folks on different kinds of scams that are occurring at that particular right. time. Right. So. We, we recently had a presentation from a local um, financial institution on abuse by families specific to financial. Yeah. And after the class, she told me that most people found it really hard to believe. Yeah. That she, you know, she's telling them the statistics and how this happens, and they're like, no, my family would never do that. But yeah, 90% of um, abusers are family members. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 90 percent. 90 percent. That's a lot. Yeah. Wow. So, but, um, yeah, I, I mean, I think that the type of abuse is interesting because that whole idea of self-neglect, that's something mm -hmm. else we see at the that, Senior yes. Center, <laughs> that people, um, for whatever reason, don't take care of themselves. You know, they live in inadequate housing. Right. They uh, may have resources, and then they don't use them. Right. Um, yeah. Yeah. And so self-neglect is a reportable. Yes, it's a second most high. It's actually financial exploitation and self-neglect are the two highest things that we see there, neck and neck. Um, it used to be self-neglect was always the highest in the past, mm -hmm. you know, uh, five ten years. But financial exploitation is really creeping up Coming there. Up there. Yeah. yeah self-neglect is they're difficult oh. as long as a person you know has capacity, they can make bad decisions as long as they're That's why I was surprised. Yeah, imminent exactly. danger of themselves or others, you know. Mm -hmm. yeah. um, and so, you know, we believe in self-determination and how I live might be different than how you live. Mm -hmm. And as long as yeah. I'm not really hurting myself or others, I can continue yeah. to live in this way that you or, me, you or I may not choose to live. Right. Mm -hmm. But it it is a... Um, it is appropriate then to check on people, oh. to, to encourage um, uh, our audience and um, our family members to check on people yes. in any circumstance yes. that is questionable. Absolutely. Whether there's a, a son or daughter who seems to be driving a fancy car and mm. doing stuff with mom's yeah. money or whatever, um, would you recommend reporting? Definitely. Absolutely. And how? So if it's an emergency situation, definitely call. That's where we're going to play. <laughs> right. 911. 911, uh, absolutely. And if it's, you know, you don't feel like it's quite an emergency, but you want an officer to come out and check, you can always call our non-emergency number, okay. um, which is 255-2345. So kind of easy to remember, mm -hmm. hopefully. Mm -hmm. um, and we can always do what we call a check welfare, which is basically where we go and, and we make contact with the people in the situation and just say, hi, nothing criminal necessarily, just want to make sure you're okay. Um, we have a role in the police department called community care caregiver caretaker mm -hmm. um, where we're just checking on people and making sure they're okay um, so that's something that we can do and then you can always call you can always call adult protective services and our phone number is 261-9933 okay great I, I think that's wonderful um, the other thing I wanted to mention uh, was that you're working on a special project I am tell I am. us about that uh, so recently uh, February actually of this year we started having domestic violence liaisons in every police district um, okay. so every time there's a domestic violence call with the intimate partner 
like we talked about that intimate relationship, mm -hmm. um, we try to follow up with the victims um, within a couple days, hopefully. Mm -hmm. um, and basically just checking in with them to say, hi, how are you? Do you need resources? Yeah. Do we want to talk about safety planning? Things That's like that, that neighborhood resource. That's that neighborhood part there, <laughs> that NRO <laughs> part. Exactly. Yeah, so that, you, so that they can pick and choose and, and make some uh, determinations about how they want to move forward. Yep, we have to make the arrest in that instance, but if there's other things that they want to talk about, it's that extra bit of time, just yeah. so we can have a little more personal relationship with people. Right. And so then they have a contact person, too, sure. if you have questions in the future. Instead of calling just the general police, yeah. you can call Amelia yeah. and say, hey, how are you? You know, no. I just have a quick question. Yeah, yeah. We have that a lot. I actually um, spoke with a woman the other day who was 78, and her husband was 79, mm -hmm. um, and they had a domestic violence situation where mm -hmm. I called and spoke with her and said, you know, how are you feeling? Do you need resources? Do you need help you know, sure. with anything? Because um, we have resources, too, that you wouldn't necessarily know about. I had a woman once who um, was having trouble getting money to feed her cat. And there's a resource for that. There where they, they have cat food, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah. You know, so all those kind of things where people are like, wow, really? You can do that? Yeah. I yeah. can do that. Yeah. I can do that. <laughs> and tell her to come to the senior center where she can learn about resources. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. I'm sure you got a lot of those, <laughs> those yes. situations. Yes, don't forget yeah. the AD. DRC. Yes. Yep. There's a lot of resources, there and is. people are hesitant, aren't right. they? Sometimes, so well, and it's then, knowing about them too. Right. Yeah, you know. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Are they and pretty responsive when you reach out to them after the incident? So usually, yes. Okay. Um, I always, if anything, I'll try to leave a voicemail mm -hmm. and just say, "Hi, I'm Amelia. Just checking in. If you need anything, call me sure. back." And so have that opening where people can call mm -hmm. if they want, but don't force that contact. Great. I'm not going to keep calling either. I'm going to yeah. call once, leave a yeah. message, and then you know, if you want to talk, I'm here. This is fascinating. Now, you, I want to quickly talk about the uh, conference you're doing. Yes. Can you just give us the name of it and yes. when? It's the Invisibility of Domestic Violence in Later Life. It's going to yeah. be October 5th at the Wisconsin Institutes for Discovery. $25 from 8 o'clock to 2.30. Great. Yes. And then you've got something going on, too. We have a safety day going on with the Madison Senior Center and Capital Center Apartments, and that is on June 21st. And are the horses coming? The horses are coming. Yay. The fire truck is coming. Yeah. It's going to be a lot of fun. And, and, and Amelia's going to bring the squad. And the squad car. the squad car out there. You yes. come sit in it. It's so fun. you have an opportunity to learn a lot more about how to be safe and also how to take care of your neighbors and your family members. So uh, join us again on Senior Beat.
Do you want to retire like a champ? Just like legendary basketball star Uncle Drew? Don't do it like your Uncle Drew! You're already acing the game. You've got your dream ride. Don't be slamming my door. Sorry about that. You just did this. Nah, gotta get the boys. Your dream vacation and your dream team. And now you can make your retirement just as legendary. I can buckets. Get the tips you need to get on track at aceyourretirement.org. See on page four that the projections need to be blood next Thursday. Seriously? Thursday? Can't do that. Uh-uh. This is really inconvenient. I have yoga that day. I have no time for this. So. I can't do Thursday, but I can do Friday. Disasters don't plan ahead. You can. Talk to your loved ones about how you're going to be ready in an emergency. Don't wait. Communicate. When I started taking care of mom, I didn't realize the challenge of playing so many roles. But above all, I'm still her daughter. Visit aarp.org slash caregiving. We're here to help. Welcome back to Senior Beat. We're going to continue our conversation with Amelia Levitt from the Madison Police Department and with Sherry Gray Dorn from Dane County. We're going to be talking a little bit more about this uh, Domestic Abuse in Later Life Conference. Um, you know, I can't imagine that you have to have a conference on this. What's, you know, what's driving this? Is it just the increasing numbers or... It's really the invisibility of domestic abuse in with in later life. Um, when we started planning this conference, the you know there's lots of um, information in the newspapers making headlines about the Me Too, okay. and so we did some research and really elders were not being included in the conversation, yeah. and elders should not be invisible. Um, they are being um, heard and there are resources. Um, it doesn't matter what um, age you are, you should not be in an abusive power and controlled situation. You should be able to make those decisions and get out of it if you are able to, if it's safe enough for you to do so and you're willing to, to take that jump. Sure. Um, and so, yeah, so we contacted Bonnie Brandel. She's with the National Clearinghouse on Later Life, which is through End Domestic Abuse Wisconsin. Okay. She's done decades of research on this subject. Oh, um, wonder. And um, really believes that it does need to encompass the the entire lifespan. And so, so maybe what we need is a Me Too movement for older for people older at people. Right. Madison that's Senior. What we, that's what we were talking about. Yeah. We need to energize our elders, and you know we we exist, we count, and yeah. we're not going to be quiet anymore. Yeah, wonderful. Um, and I understand you have another speaker this week. We do right here. <laughs> um, this lovely lady, right? It's going to take us in the afternoon and mm -hmm. talk to us about what she really. You know, the first morning, the first part of the morning is going to be all research-driven and giving us the information on how to help. And then the practical: what do you actually see? How do you actually communicate with elders when you um, see them face to face, like that 78-year-old individual mm -hmm. that you're talking about the last segment? Right. Yep. Great. So you have both the research and the practical right. kind of experience. Yep. Now, who would come to this conference? Who would you recommend come? Anyone and everyone who wants to know more about domestic violence in later right. life, whether it be an elder, a family member, a professional, um, um, you know, senior you. center leaders, yes. me, <laughs> um, law enforcement. Is, is, yeah. is there a fee for the for the conference? Twenty five dollars. Oh. Um, and so are there scholarships available? If a senior, you know. 
If, if they need, felt yeah, they needed it, definitely yeah. we could yeah. help them out. Yeah. Yes, and then um, students is fifteen dollars. Right. Oh, that would be great for students to be able to get yeah. that yeah. research and um, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, excellent. Um, it's it seems so striking that we have to have a conference on uh, elder abuse, abuse. or uh, domestic abuse in later life, whatever. But I think you're right; it is invisible, and um, nobody wants to talk about it, right. do they? Yeah. And especially if it's family members. You said 90% yeah. of family members. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's a little scary. And it's not visible, really. I mean, it is you can't see it. Doors right. I mean, you can't see it, so yeah. it's easy to ignore it, even right. if you know what's going on. Right. Yeah. It's easy just to look the other way. Oh, it's been happening for decades. Nothing's going to change. It right. can change. Well, one of, one of the things that I, I remember reading was that sometimes there's a cycle of abuse in families, that children are abused and they grow up to abuse their parents, and it becomes a whole cycle um, that's very hard to break. But uh, by making it more visible. Right. Given mm -hmm. education. Right. Giving them the skills and the assets that you are worthy. Yeah. To build the self-esteem of the victim and then also to say to the victimizer, this is not okay. Is right. You right. can't do this. Right. Um, I, need to stop. Yeah. I think the, with the invisibility, too, it's hard because people feel like they're alone. They're the only right. ones that this is yeah. happening to. Yeah. Yeah. So I think the conversation and coming out and talking about it helps people realize you're not the only one Definitely. in a good way. Yeah. Right. right? There's it other is. people. There's support out there, right. too. Yeah. You know, I w was going to ask you uh, earlier, what is the... Um, you know, what is there a type of victim, or is there, I mean, is any way you can kind of think that, oh, this might be the type of person who would be abused? No, it can happen to anyone with any yeah. social economic, any religious, any you know, spiritual background, any culture. It can happen to anyone. And it does happen to everyone. 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 There's no. It's not poor like, people. No, it's just, not. Just like with younger individuals who are being domestically abused, same right. thing with. Um, older individuals. Yeah. It can happen to anyone. Yeah. Well, it's it's a, a frightening thought. Yeah. So tell us about the safety day that you were mentioning, Laura. This sounds like fun. Especially so, I have to go out and see the horses. <laughs> so, this is our second safety day. And um, this year we're trying to make it multi-generational, mm. encouraging this uh, older yeah. adults who come to bring their grandchildren or nieces, nephews. Yeah because of the type of things that are there. And a few people did last year, and it was a big hit. So we have the uh, police equine unit, and we're working. Um, the canine unit's not available, but we're working on some other resources for dogs mm -hmm. and the fire truck and the police squad car. We also have a few vendors, um, people who do safety services in the community that will be there to give out information, independent living, safe communities, um, MG&E, a couple others will be there to answer questions and um. yeah, I'm, I'm wondering if there is any kind of material that we could use uh, to um, inform people about elder abuse yeah. too. We have little bookmark um, stuff that I could. Um, yeah, let's that make sure that great to have yeah. build that into yeah. what we're doing as well as a awesome. kind of a, a collaboration. Then. Yeah, that's a great um, idea. Excellent. And of course, since it is a party day. It's also Make Music oh, Madison right. that day. So oh, we it have, is. Oh, oh, good. So we have a DJ. Oh, we don't have live nice. music, but we do have a DJ schedule, and nice. he's going to play tunes and dance music for a couple hours. Oh, oh nice. And Cap Center Foods has donated some food, so we'll have free hot dogs and chips wow. and cake. Oh, always nice. Yes, cake. 
Cake is necessary. Cake is necessary, yes. so Always. you won't want to miss it. Well, I think that, uh, uh, tell us um, how, do we need to make a reservation for that? You do not need to make a reservation. But you tell us where the Madison Senior Center so is. We're at the Madison Senior Center at 330 West Mifflin Street. Um, there's a courtyard in between us and the grocery store that's next door. And you can just show up anytime between 1 and 3 okay. and enjoy the festivities, um, hang out. If it rains, we'll be inside the Senior Center. It'll be a little cozy, but we will right. find a way to I don't know. Is the right. horse going to be able to get well, inside? I don't know about <laughs> the horses. <laughs> you be surprised. They might. They might take that horse right. right in. We'll yeah. take them if they're willing to come inside. Oh, <laughs> right. I, I just have a picture in my mind of a picture that came from that day we did last time. A woman in a wheelchair reaching up to pet that horse. Oh, they're oh. so sweet. Doc, Doc B is my favorite. Uh -huh. I'm not allowed to say favorites, but Doc B is my favorite. <laughs> so sweet. And did you know that horses remember you? If you have a good experience, they'll remember you. Really? Yes. So every time he sees that. me, he, he puts his little nose right into my <laughs> chest. I'm like, thank you. Oh, oh, like he likes right. you. I'm like, okay. Hey, that's that's wonderful. a good thing because they can be story. kind of right. out if they don't. Um, one other question I wanted to ask. You had mentioned earlier uh, dais. Is that how you say it? Days. Days yep. is how you say it. Yep. So tell us a little bit about that um, relationship. Yeah, absolutely. They're our local nonprofit domestic violence agency. It's Domestic mm -hmm. Abuse Intervention Services. Days for short. Kind of like you know, days of the week, if you will. D-A-I-S. That's helpful. Yep, and um, they are located off Fordham. They have shelter, um, they have counseling services, they have advocates, and we actually have a law enforcement advocate partnership LEAP program, if you will. And so every time we go and make a domestic violence arrest, we, as long as the victim is willing, give their contact information to that advocate, okay. and the advocate from days follows up with them and That's says, really awesome. do you need you know, help with a restraining order? Do you need divorce proceeding help? You know, anything like that. Here's some counseling services, yeah. et cetera, which okay. is great. It's a great partnership. Mm -hmm. Yeah. They're, they have a great reputation oh, in their community, amazing. don't they? Yeah, yep, yeah. absolutely. Um, and they specialize in this whole area yes. for all ages. Yes. Mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah. Great. And would that be something, uh, the shelter, would that be available to most people or not? There's usually a waiting list for yeah. the shelter, oh, okay. unfortunately. Okay. Um, I, I want to say they have about 40 beds. I don't remember the exact number, yeah. um, but there's usually a waiting list. But if not, they can always talk about resources, safety yeah. planning. Oh, yep. And hotel stays and things like yep. that. Yeah. Right. yeah. Again, that, that break yep. between yep. the individuals who yep. are uh, having issues with exactly. stuff. Yeah. 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 That makes a big difference. And then you had named another agency that I didn't check on. Days and another organization? I'm sorry. I'm trying to remember. I don't remember. I don't remember. But there, there isn't an, another <laughs> one either. like days. There's Uni, Uni, Unidos, which is Unidos. for um, uh, Spanish-speaking. Right. Oh, wonderful. Spanish yeah. Oh, too. wonderful. Domestic violence agency. Yes, they Good. do a great job as well. And they have a hotline yep. that's, you know, they um, answer in Spanish. And, yeah, yep. so right. it's, it's a very and, good And response. so those hotlines are another thing we haven't yeah. talked about. Yeah. Another. Well, we're talking, we're really talking about uh, uh, just a lot of good resources that are available to Absolutely. people in this kind of a situation that uh, and the helplines for both are 24 hours a day yeah. seven so days a week fully staffed all the time wow so you know we'll, um, I'm not going to put you on the spot but I'll make sure that our producer puts those hotline numbers on our uh, program uh, yeah. because mm -hmm. that might be very helpful oh, yes, yeah definitely. especially the one in Spanish yes yeah because yeah. we do have um, a fair number of 
Spanish senior, Spanish-speaking seniors that are served either by us or by the coalitions in Madison. Right. Yeah. There's, in fact, there's a cultural diversity program that uh, relates directly to Latinos in mm -hmm. Madison. Right. So, well, once again, I just want to remind our audience that this is, uh, we're lucky to have Sherry Gray Dorn from the Dane County Adult Protected Service, Protective Services Unit. Unit? Local. Department? Unit. Unit. We're a unit within the department. Okay, good. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> the senior center is a unit in a department. Too. You know the struggle. And then Amelia Levitt, who is the South District Neighborhood Resource Officer with the Madison right. Police Department, who we're both, both of you are outstanding. Thank you for sharing for your knowledge us. and your expertise on this issue. As sad as it is to think that we have to um, do this. And Laura, thanks for being here. It's been my pleasure. I, I think this idea of getting together a Me Too group I think might be a smart one. It'd be a really, really good endeavor for a retired senior, don't you think? I think so. <laughs> um, yeah. You don't know anyone who's retiring soon, do you? No, I, I don't. <laughs> Um, do you want to give right. a number of the senior center just so that if people are interested in some of the programs mm -hmm. we've talked about? Oh, and I remember that July is ice cream month. Yes, right? July oh. is ice cream month, so oh, we will I be doing that. ice cream <laughs> once a week at the senior center oh, for ice cream month. Yes, yeah. so, <laughs> great. It'll be a different day every week. So, yeah. nice. okay, so the senior center number is two six six eight six. Great. Thank you so much. And uh, enjoy being with you uh, this month on Senior Beat. Come again next month when we'll have some other interesting people and programs for you. Uh, take care of yourself. Thanks.